Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. A listener asked me to share daily routines that I do and give examples of testing imagination. I've talked repeatedly about testing imagination and like Mr. 2020 says, playing, putting more fun buns in the oven. The listener said that she can't help but focus on her one big desire. That big desire is what always comes to the forefront every time she wants to play in imagination. Anytime she thinks about imagining the life she wants, it's that big one, that one big desire that keeps coming up, and that's what she focuses on. She didn't tell me what the big desire is, and I didn't ask, because it just doesn't matter. We all have that one, at least one huge desire, right? at least early on when we're just getting into this. There's always, um, because why are we here? Why are we diving into Neville Goddard if we don't have something huge that we want to change? That huge thing is something that you know we absolutely must have. I've gotta have this to be happy. I've gotta be married to this person to be happy. I've gotta have this amount of money to be happy. All of these things, that, uh, these outside things, seemingly outside things that uh, to us, mean we are successful. If I have that, then I can be happy. If this person is with me, then I, and only then can I be happy. Let me start with describing how my days used to go. I would start reading one of Neville's lectures or one of his books uh, every morning for a couple of hours, just really getting into it. And then when I would leave that written lecture or book, I would go about my day with my earbuds in all day long, listening to Neville's lectures. I mean, I would go through two and three lectures a day, searching and searching. Throughout my day, I I would shut myself off from my family for my my specified meditation time that I absolutely had to do. Because I knew if I did not do those sessions, two and three, maybe four a day, and long ones, sometimes an hour long or an hour and a half. If I wasn't doing that, then I wasn't going to be successful. I was still putting the power outside of me. I was making uh, all of this, reading the lectures, I was making meditation, my sessions, false gods. I was giving them the power and deciding that I had to do these things to be successful, which is just the opposite of what Neville teaches. There's nothing outside of you that needs to be done. I wasn't really getting what Neville was saying, that consciousness is the only reality. Not just when I'm in a state akin to sleep, when I'm doing a formal session to imagine my wish fulfilled. It's all the time. I am never not conscious of being someone and something. So I spent many, many months obsessively studying Neville's lectures and focused on that one big desire, reimagining that particular wish fulfilled over and over and over again. It was exhausting. And guess what happened to that one big desire? It remained a desire. I still wanted it. Instead of trusting my imagination, I reacted every day 
when I didn't see any change. It would be like me going outside in my little garden every morning and ripping my tomato plants out of the ground because I didn't see any tomatoes. Then, after realizing what I'd done, frantically getting more seeds to plant in its place. <laughs> Picture that. Picture me going out to my garden and throwing a tantrum, ripping out the plants, throwing them around the yard in anger, then falling to the ground and sobbing for a little while. Then, with tears streaming down my face, desperately trying to plant new seeds. <laughs> and then repeating that process every day, getting upset, reacting, ripping them out of the ground, then desperately trying to replant them. Doesn't that feel miserable? That's what I was doing with my one big desire. I couldn't see past it. And everything I was doing throughout my day was focusing only on it. The rest of my day be damned. Once I get this, once I get the money, then I can start playing in imagination. Then I can have fun with it. Then I can start focusing on other desires. In between reading and listening to Neville, I would scour Facebook and all these different Neville Goddard groups for new techniques. I was afraid that I'd miss a comment from someone that, that had the exact information that I needed, that it would make all the difference for me if I just linger a little bit more in this Facebook group, keep scrolling, find that, that solution to my problem. Usually, though, I'd come across a post or a comment, and then I'd get upset because that person was succeeding exactly where I was failing. How are they doing it? That's not fair. My days were so stressful because I was so focused on that one big thing. I was blinded to the truth. That truth being that I am always imagining and always experiencing what I am imagining. Imagination is not just a, a tool that we as separate beings have. It's not a technique just to fix things. If you listen to Neville, you know he loved William Blake, and he quoted him often. Imagination is the real and eternal world of which this vegetable universe is but a faint shadow. Imagination is God, and man is all imagination, and man is God. Everything I am experiencing, even this body I have, this time around and all the previous times around, is a result of imagining. My main problem back then was I didn't really get that. I still saw myself as something separate from my world, and that came out of a lack of trust in myself. I hadn't really established a relationship with my true self. And that relationship didn't flourish by reading more lectures or joining more Facebook groups talking about Neville Goddard and God knows what else. <laughs> it came through experience, knowing that Christ is my imagination. The Bible tells me quite clearly that I am strengthened through that experience. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, For the reality of the truth of Christ is seen among you and strengthened through your experience of him. Now replace Christ with imagination and him with it. For the reality of the truth of imagination or the truth of my awareness of being is seen and strengthened through my experience of it. My imagination, my awareness of being, is always bringing into bloom every seed I plant. Even the ones I haphazardly tossed into soil by worrying and reenacting old stories from my past. Everything. My awareness of being kills and makes alive, wounds and heals, makes 
poverty and abundance, creates darkness and forms the light. Whatever I am imagining, regardless of whether I think it's good or bad, I will continue experiencing. For me to get to the point of actually knowing the truth of who I am, I had to continue moving daily in imagination, not just imagine that one big thing and then go about my day watching for signs, looking to see what's different. I can tell you a thousand times not to focus on the one big thing while ignoring all other desires, but me telling you will not do shit for you. I had a dream the other night. I was some type of employer. That doesn't really matter. I was reading reports written by several people that worked for me in this dream. And I turned to them and scolded them about their writing style. I told them, stop writing in the passive voice. I woke up with these words rattling around in my mind. Be active, not passive. Be active, not passive. We all have a choice. We can go through life passively, surrendering to the circumstances, continuing our old stories, or we can actively move in imagination to have the life we had previously thought was impossible. That active state is Jesus Christ. That's awakened imagination. In Neville's book, Awakened Imagination, he says, by imagination, we have the power to be anything we desire to be. I become what I imagine. He says, as we awaken to the imaginative life, we discover that to imagine a thing is to make it so. All those months I spent focused on the one big desire, I continued experiencing exactly what I was imagining, that I wasn't there yet. I imagined I still needed more, another lecture, another cool Facebook post from some master out there. So that is what I perpetuated in my life. As long as I was in that state of desperation over that one desire, its fulfillment remained just out of my grasp. Even though I was imagining some wonderful scenes, I wasn't paying much attention to my inner dialogue, what I was thinking and feeling throughout the day. My thoughts will always be true to my state. In the same book, Neville says, what we see when we are identified with a state cannot be seen when we are no longer fused with it. By state is meant all that man believes and consents to is true. So I can only see from the state with which I am fused. I perceive my world from that state. He goes on to say, what a comfort it is to know that all that I experience is the result of my own standard of beliefs that I am the center of my own web of circumstance, and that as I change, so must my outer world. Isn't that cool? It is a comfort that all that I experience is the result of my own standard of beliefs, my own imagining, my concept of self. You might have asked yourself the same thing I did many times. I'm doing what Neville or some other teacher says to do, but why is nothing changing? Nothing is happening for me. I can tell you from experience that the answer to that question is, I haven't truly entered and occupied the state of my wish fulfilled. I might have toyed with it, imagined a lovely little scene implying that it's done, but if I'm still reacting to a number in my account or a doctor's report or the absence of a ring on my finger, I might have moved states, but I'm not in the state of that desire already being true for me. If I'm freaking out 
worried, reacting, then I'm not occupying that new state of mind. I can't be. I cannot continue experiencing circumstances the same way I used to if I am in my preferred state. Did you catch that? Sometimes things on the outside might still seem to be contrary to what I would like, but how I experience those facts tells me the state I'm in. My reactions must change if I am in a new state. I'm not just imagining when I'm doing a session. It's not only when I get into a state akin to sleep and imagine a scene implying my wish is fulfilled. I am imagining all day and all night because I am all imagination. I am always image making. Neville says, observe your inner speech for it is the cause of future action. Inner speech reveals the state of consciousness from which you view the world. So I started checking in with myself throughout the day. What am I imagining right now? And when I asked myself that, I often realized I was holding on to the way things used to go or worrying about how bad things were going to be based on how bad things used to go. <laughs> By paying attention to my inner speech, I come back to this present moment. That's all I really have anyway, is right now. If I notice that I am imagining something that is not my wish fulfilled, then I move right then. I don't wait. I don't waste time. I get right back into it. I get back into my now. What do I want to experience right now? I've mentioned the importance of trust so many times. If I don't trust God, my imagination, then I will continue to be frustrated. My desires will still just be desires. I didn't start to trust myself until I really started putting imagination to the test. Sure, I had the big ones. I had those big desires. But I just started having fun with this. I'll give you a couple of examples that I've mentioned before. One day, while waiting for my daughter outside a hair salon, I decided, okay, I'm going to play. So I wanted to hear a car horn. Bump, bump, bump. Three quick honks, just like that. Bump, bump, bump. While in my truck, I imagined hearing the horn. Now, I did fully expect to hear the horn on our way home a few minutes later, but I didn't. I just trusted that what I imagined will come about. And I'd imagined that I'd hear it that day. And that was the only time I was leaving the house that day. But this was for fun, so I wasn't worried about it. That night, around 11, I was in our bathroom. Our windows were open because it was a nice, cool night. And our house is in the back of our neighborhood on a loop. So we don't get much traffic ever, especially late at night. But that's when I heard bump, bump, bump from a passing car. Out of the seeming nowhere just as I had imagined it. Okay, so since I'm testing this, I was still just having fun with imagination, playing. I celebrated that little win. I did it exactly the way I'd imagined it. Bump, bump, bump. <laughs> so while still in the bathroom, I decided to do something else. I decided I want to see a hawk. I want to see a hawk circling above me tomorrow. And after I thought about it for a few moments, I decided I wanted to see something else too something I wouldn't normally see, because really, I see hawks often around here. So I decided I wanted to see a bluebird. 
Not a blue jay. We have plenty of blue jays around here, but I wanted to see a little bluebird, which I really had not seen. I couldn't recall seeing one in recent years. I didn't imagine a scene for the hawk or the bluebird standing in the bathroom in just a, a few moments of contemplation. I just decided that I wanted to see them, and I trusted imagination to bring it about. The next morning, driving my daughter to school, I looked up and I, of course, saw a hawk circling the road. Later that morning, I was looking out my bedroom window, admiring the clouds. I know you may think that's weird, but I enjoy, I really love clouds. I love the sky and taking pictures of it. And I was standing at the window just admiring the clouds. It was a beautiful day. And that's when this bird flew up quickly, right up to the window, just a couple of feet from my window. And I was startled at first because I thought the bird was going to fly right into the window. But it just hovered there momentarily long enough for me to see the beautiful blue and orange of the eastern bluebird. And as soon as I realized what I was seeing, the bird, seeming to acknowledge that it knew what I was thinking, flew off. Why don't you try it? Have some fun with this. You're probably like me, and when I hear people share examples of successes with them, I want to hear big things. How did they get that person? How did they get the money? How did they get the health? I don't, I don't want to hear fun things. That's bullshit. <laughs> Give me the good stuff. I am giving you the good stuff. I want you to play. Try out different things. Don't make it always about the must-haves in your life. By playing in imagination, you'll start to see what's working for you and what doesn't. Set some time frames like I did. I wanted to hear that car horn, horn, <laughs> car horn that day. And it ended up being 11 o'clock that night, but I still heard it exactly as I'd imagined it. And I decided I was going to see those birds the following day. I set me a timeline, a time frame. Remember, you're just practicing the art of imagining, right? These aren't things that, that you must have to be happy or crucial to your existence. You're getting to know yourself. It's an art. So notice what you did in imagination. Did you use a scene or just assume the feeling of your wish fulfilled? And how did you feel when you did it? Were you thinking of your wish in the interim or were you going about your life thinking from your wish fulfilled? Or maybe since we're playing here and it's not like serious things, you might not have even been concerned with it because it wasn't a big deal to you. You are letting it be easy, like 2020 always says. Hint, there's a key point right there, letting it be easy. Once you start playing, really having fun with this, you will get more comfortable with yourself. Like any skill, you get better with daily use. Now, going back to the question from the listener, I don't have a daily regimen to share with you. I don't have a thing or a program for you to do every day. I want you to use your own imagination. Don't do exactly as I do as far as my daily routine. You may think I'm a weirdo if I told you everything I did in a day. <laughs> I don't have a daily regimen. I do read a little bit of Neville, but I'm not so intense about it. The lecture is not what gives life to my day. It's what I'm imagining. So why would I spend time on such intense study every day? And I don't do formal sessions. I don't schedule formal sessions throughout my day. 
what do I do now? I freaking enjoy life. Knowing that I am always imagining and always experiencing what I am imagining, I look forward to waking up and starting my day. Many days before getting up, I'll imagine I'm at the end of the day and relishing in the thrill of that wonderful day I had. Other days, though, I get out of bed just knowing that it's going to be a really cool day today. Anytime I notice something isn't exactly what I want, I revise it. I decide what I do want instead, whether it's for me or someone else. I can't escape imagining. So I don't want to waste any time imagining awful things for myself or anyone I meet. Why the hell would I do that? Why would you do that? I used to do that. I wasted so much time. But I don't now. I look forward to my days and my nights. I love my nights. I love the dreams that I have and the experiences that I have and the places that I go in imagination, whether I'm in a sleeping dream or a waking dream. When you really know that imagining creates reality, you'll experience a whole new life. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> in Awakened Imagination, Neville says, There's no stopping the man who can think from the end. Nothing can stop him. Thinking from the end, that's you occupying the new state, that state of your wish fulfilled. You've assumed the feeling of your wish fulfilled, and you sustain that feeling. You're now seeing the world from that new state, no longer coming from a state of lack and desperation, but from a state of wonder and fulfillment and love. And guess what? You'll be unstoppable. I love you. Thank you for listening. This is Feeling Twisty. Twisty.